Chad and Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate His love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoy today's message. So this morning, I want to read um, from Proverbs. And... Um, can you believe that? Is that what it says it up there? Yeah, Proverbs, the book of Proverbs. If I didn't go from Proverbs, that would have been a problem, wouldn't it? So, um, Proverbs 11.1. 1. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord. That is a very strong word, isn't it? Abomination to the Lord. But a just weight is his delight. A just weight is his delight. It's a bit heavy at the start. And then it's a bit light. It's just the light. The New Living Translation says, The Lord detests the use of dishonest scales, but he delights in accurate scales, accurate weights. That was really funny. I don't think Jay knew anything about what I was talking about this morning. And um, God's just going, yes, yeah, so are you getting it? Are you getting it? We're talking about weights and balances and all that kind of stuff. Now, these verses are referring to ill-gotten gain, ill-gotten financial gain, or in our terms, ripping someone off for being ripped off. And we don't, like, we don't like that, do we? But I also felt that it can relate to the things in our life that are out of whack. Now, that's a theological term. You'll find it somewhere, I believe. Um, but it's where things aren't how they should be. Therefore, our whole lives are out of balance. So I have three points this morning. Three point preach. Three point preach. First point is ethics is as ethics does. That's the first point. Second point is the scales are not the scales. That is the deception. What is the deception? And the third one is, he's got the whole balance in his hands. He's got the whole balance. Okay. So ethics is as ethics does. If you, if you haven't kind of worked that out, that was, um, I took that from uh, Forrest Gump where he's talking about stupid is, stupid does. And, um, and what he's meaning by that is that just because something looks a certain way doesn't mean that's, that's what it is. It's reckoned by Actions, not by appearance. And so I want to speak about ethics, and they play an important role in our lives. And I want to look at the practical implications of having balanced scales or doing the right thing all in the Lord's grace, all in the light of grace. Okay, so what I want to do right now is because if some of us can get really sensitive about things, um, and take the wrong angle, or take it upon themselves to bring either condemnation, to bring guilt, or go, oh no, I wish I hadn't done that. I want to pray right now, break that thing in Jesus' name, because that is not of God. God brings life, and life abundant. And so this morning, I want you to take what I say as, oh, if there's something there that you need to deal with, it's God 
sweetly bringing you into a place of wholeness, okay? Not going, because that is not God. So the definition of ethics, according to the Webster's Dictionary, is the discipline dealing with what is good and bad, with moral duty and obligation. Now, who knows here there's a difference between the ethics of the shady and the dubious and the ethics of the Lord. There is a difference, isn't there? We love bargains, don't we? Bargains, money loves bargains. She likes good bargains, but she likes bargains. The pursuit of the best deal available. If a sale doesn't mention the words crazy or frenzy or never to be repeated or price matched, then you get the impression that it's not... Or, or they're yelling. You notice on the TV, quick, hurry up, hurry You go, okay, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever you say. It's, it is, it's, a, uh, it's a con. It is. It's a con. The world would say, as long as it's eagle, legal, as long as it's eagle, as long as it's legal, you can get away with about anything. If you sign a contract and the fine print says this contract's for 99 years, you heard that one lately? Maybe not. Well, that's good. That means you didn't get sucked in by that. Um, and you don't realise it, then you've signed it so that that's your, just, that's your tough luck as far as um, some legislation says. But at least in SA, you have 14 days to withdraw from most things, so please always take note of that. We used to sing a song in a band that I was in, and it was just because it's legal, don't make it right. Now, that's bad grammar, I know, but what it's saying is just because it's legal doesn't mean that it's right. And we, we look at quite a few things in life and see um, in our society that that's the case. So as Christians... Our ethics are based on what the Word of God says, and Proverbs is full of great ethics. And I'm not going to name them all because pretty much every verse is a good ethic. Um, but please, as Chad has uh, um, encouraged us, please uh, read all the Proverbs um, in this, this uh, little while. But we were having dinner the other night with um, Luke and the Minis, um, and I tell you what, we, we were getting into some really interesting conversation. Um, we were having dinner and uh, there was a comment about um, the difference between good and bad. And um, ethics and Christianity are more about what brings the Lord's life into a situation rather than what is good or bad. And that, that's a quote, I think, from a book from John Eldridge. Is that a John Eldridge one, Luke? Could be. Anyway, the difference between the tree of life brings life and abundance and the tree of good and evil. Anyway, that's uh, just a throwaway point, point, but you can listen to that. Jesus didn't say, I have come to bring the ethics of what is good. He said, I have come to bring life. John 10.10 says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I came that we may have life and life abundantly. Now, obviously, life brings with it all the goodness of the Lord as well. That's a byproduct of his life, his goodness. And we need his life in our lives 
in order to do life well. We need his life and our life in order to do life well. We are bombarded with invitations to compromise on what we believe is right every day. Even this week, which was really hilarious, but even this week, knowing I was going to preach on this stuff, an opportunity was presented to me that would have benefited someone in my family, not me personally, but benefited someone in my family, um, and it would have been quite a big financial um, increase, benefit. But there was a cost. The cost was to say something one way when in fact it was another. Everything on paper showed it to be one way, but I knew in my heart it was another. Now I'm being very vague um, because of you know, privacy and all that kind of thing, but I knew the situation was wrong. I was being presented with something, why don't you just do this and you'll get this. Did it mean I wasn't tempted? Did it mean I didn't look at it at every angle and go, you sure, Lord? But it would have meant that the scales were unbalanced and my heart would have been compromised. 1 John 3.19 Little children, let us not love. Let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. Beloved, if our, hearts, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandments, that we believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit, it's Pentecost, whom he has given us. Now, if I had made the wrong decision, and we can all... Um, uh, understand what I'm talking about here, I'm pretty sure that I would have not had peace. Being on, oh, I did, I did the wrong thing there. That wasn't good. I did the wrong thing. And when you open a little door like that, oh, the enemy goes, yeah, I'm going to get in there and I'm going to go, hey, 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 what about that? You say this and you did that. Thankfully, I made the right choice. Now, um, this passage, um, the John 3.19, is an interesting one um, because we have to pay close attention to seeing what it actually says. Keeping his commandments doesn't mean getting everything right as there is only one commandment that matters. That is believing in Jesus that he can make a way in every situation. The sin is that we believe that just Jesus doesn't always have our back and that in fear we make the wrong choices because we think we will miss out. Now, the other thing to look for in this passage in verse 20 is where it says, if our hearts condemn us, 
God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. And that's why I prayed at the start because some of us will go, oh no, I've done the wrong thing. Oh, I'm such a this and I'm such a that and blah, 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 blah. You are God's holy child and he loves you dearly. So this is saying that even though sometimes we beat ourselves up for making silly decisions, it does not change in any way that the Lord feels about us or our standing with him as sons and daughters. And if you want to know more about that, get Chad's book, um, He Qualifies You. Plug, plug. He didn't ask me to do that, but it, is, it's a, it's a, it really explains it well. The Lord's ethics are in place so as to guide us in cooperating with him so that we are a blessing to others as well as receiving all that he has promised us. Now, the really, really, really cool thing is that thing that I was being tested with, we got anyway. We got anyway. And I could go, and I'm going, that is such a, such a great testimony, Lord. And he went, yeah, yeah, I know. Pretty good, eh? You're preaching on that this week. It's pretty good, isn't it? Hey, he's a good God. So my second point, the scales or not the scales, what is the deception? And just to say that is to be or not to be, what is the question? Which is, of course, is from Shakespeare's Hamlet. Good. I had to look that up, sorry. So if you're going, oh, I don't know that, so I had to look it up as well. As you can see here today, my props. Can you all see those props? You can't see them? There is a set of digital scales on this side and a set of analog scales on that side. One is an agalog, one is an analog scale, and the other is a digital one, a digital one. As some of you may have noticed, I have lost quite a bit of weight lately. Thank you, thank you. It can be done, can be done. Um, and that, that was intentional. Um, yeah, just in case you got what happened. Um, for the first two or so months, I was using the analog scale, which unfortunately was giving me a false reading. Ouch. And taking around four kilos off the weight that I actually was. <laughs> I was, it was coming up to Christmas and I asked Moni, she said, Lovey, what would you like for Christmas? And I said, oh, I'll, I'll get a, uh, some digital scales, that'd be nice. Um, yep. Yeah. And to my surprise, I was going to say to my horror, but I'll use the word surprise. I was four kilos heavier, heavier than I, I thought I was. Now, this didn't mean that I hadn't lost weight. It just meant that I was heavier to start with. <laughs> now, although the truth was a bit hard to swallow, and obviously I'd been swallowing far too much of the wrong thing previously, <laughs> the truth was that I wanted truth rather than I wanted Deception. So, what scales are you using? <laughs> you got it. And we're not talking about these, okay? 
Are we lining up all our big decisions and his word with what he wants for our lives? There's a buzzword at the moment um, called mindfulness. And it basically means be in the moment. Life speeds up at 100 k's an hour, but God has been talking about mindfulness for centuries. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Matthew 6.34 says, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. If you look, you'll see tomorrow going, what am I going to do? (laughs) It'll be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. That's a bit that I wanted. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted on the earth. Yes, Lord, you will, because you are good. Be still and know that I'm God. We need to take time to think about what we're doing. Now, I hear all the young mums and the high achievers out there going, Matey, what planet do you live on? But I'm just talking about a minute here and a minute there, creating a habit that brings life into our day, using those scales that bring life. Whatever is thrown at us, we weigh it up. And we cry out, God, is this what you want for us? Is it lining up with the goals that we have set ourselves, that you have set for us? Is it helping us make the right choice? Is it helping me enjoy the moment? We want Jesus' truth in our life. And his truth shows us the beauty around us and how we can enjoy and how we can respect that beauty around us to the fullest. We want to acknowledge the way he made for us and the best way to get there. Third point, he's got the whole balance in his hands. He's got the whole balance in his hands. He's got the whole balance. Yes, that's just, it's annoying. And you'll be thinking about that on the way home. Again, in this dinner the other night, we were talking about the day that each of us had said to the Lord, Lord, I surrender. I give it all to you. My heart is yours. Do with me as you will. Now that is a dangerous prayer. One we all should have prayed at some stage. And if you haven't done it yet, please do it because it'll be painful. I won't um, uh, butter it up, but it'll be good. (laughs) But the Lord takes us at our word. And if our hearts are in it, the covenant is made. The new covenant, of course, um, and if you want to know about that, read, read the word. 
But his covenant is good. He keeps his word when he says in Deuteronomy 31.6, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. That is the things that we face. For it is the Lord, your God, who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Jeremiah 29, 11, and I haven't got that up there, but my plans, because I love saying this every time that I preach, my plans, and this is the Lord speaking, are to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and to give you a future. He never forgets that sincere, heartfelt prayer that we made. And if we have a heart of cooperation and a passion to do life well, he will keep the scales of our lives balanced. Oh, I haven't got time. Yes, I do. I wanted to say this little... I heard this story the other day about not forgetting and about... It just seemed to fit. Right. Uh, there was an honoured American India, Indian Lakota man who was said to have almost mind-reading ability and incredible memory and was usually found resting on his porch after a hard day's work. Now, very unwise and not-so-smart folk would show up at his residence asking him really dumb things. And one particular young man with a funny-shaped nose showed up one day and asked him, Sir, what did I have for breakfast? Now, more so to get rid of the man and not actually answer his question, the honoured gentleman went, he took an educated guess and he said, eggs. You had eggs. Now, by chance, this was in fact what he had actually had for breakfast and the young man went away very impressed. Years later, the man with the funny-shaped nose recounted the experience to his son and suggested they go back and see if the honoured gentleman was still there. They found out how to say a proper greeting in Lakota from one man to another being hal, thinking this would be very impressive. Be very impressive. As they approached the house, the man was in fact still there on his porch. And he's going, oh no. Because he remembered the man's unusually shaped nose and the ridiculous question that he'd asked him many years later. With great gusto, the silly met Westerner greeted the honoured gentleman and said, how sir? To which the honoured gentleman replied, scrambled. <laughs> that is such a good story. God never forgets when we invite him into our lives and he works diligently to make sure the scales of our lives are balanced when our heart is for him, no matter how many unwise or silly things that we say. So what do I mean about the scales of our lives? Okay, what do I mean by that? It's the balance of the way we are living our lives, the balance of the way we are living our lives in relation to the plans and purposes that he has for us. Our role in that is to cooperate with him. Now, I'll finish with a story. Yeah. I had a certain amount of time and I reckon I'm going to do it. I will finish with this story um, about our family and how God has taken us at our word and brought life and balance. Things happen in life that we have absolutely no control over. And if we trust God, 
um, we will deal with them in the light. We will deal with them in his light. And he will help us through that. Everyone's story is different. And the Lord works in accordance to the plans he has for us and our willingness to cooperate. Now, we've had a situation in our family going on for about four or five years now, and it's just been getting worse and worse and worse. And people's health and quality of life have been affected, and there seemed to be no immediate way around because of things like honour and loyalty and sense of what we thought was right. It's been one of the hardest things that I personally have had ever had to deal with. And it was such a weight on us all. The balance in our family was all wrong. It was all wrong. And the Lord reminded me of the cry of the children of Israel in Exodus 3.7 and how he heard our cries in this situation and he sent us on a journey. There were things that we had to do that were so uncomfortable. Big adult things. <laughs> things that would change people's lives. Things you look around for and go, isn't there somebody else that can do this? Please, it's too hard. It's tward, T-W-A-R-D. It's too hard. And I would keep praying and say, Lord, please. And he would keep saying, Malcolm, my son, stay the course. You've got this. And he used other people to tell me regularly, you've got this. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Now I would get up in the morning and immediately feel dread. And you have to pray the heck out of that stuff. You've got to pray it out of your soul. And God keep reminding me that he inhabits our praise. That he is enthroned in our praise. Psalm 23, uh, 22, 3. And I use that in my weekly um, encouragement this week. Um, that we have to know that praising him is the best thing to do in life's challenges. It's, it's powerful, praising him. And I don't mean just going, oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I mean actually going, I praise you, I praise you from the heart. We sing that song, a melody is a mighty weapon. Never stop singing. I love singing that song because it reminds me that praise is one of those things that is part of that really good set of scales. It just it balances things out. We have to take God at his word. And it's not until you get to a place where it's sink or swim. In that place, you understand the reality of his strength and goodness. God brought us through the wilderness to the promised land that he had for my family. And it's trusting him daily to see that flourish. But just to say, 
him coming in, doing what he did, regardless of how hard it was, has brought such life into our family again. And I, I just want to say, Lord, thank you so much. So in summary, ethics is as ethics does. Use God, godly ethics in all your dealings. Knows who you are and who you represent, knowing him and showing him. The scales are not the scales. What is the deception? Be sure that the scales you use are based on God's ways and not what just sounds good. Take the time to seek out the better way and enjoy the process as much as you can. He's got the whole balance in his hands. That's the last time I do that, I promise. He's, no, I won't do it again. Know that if we have surrendered to him, he will bring that balance to our lives so that we have life and have life abundant. God delights in accurate scales and wants, to do life, wants us to do life well. Cooperate with him in the process and see the amazing things he can do. Man, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you, Lord, that you put things in Scripture that are so descriptive. And Lord, that you give us pictures that, Lord, that explain your heart. And this morning, Lord, we're talking about scales and we're talking about doing life well. And we're talking about what is the balance that you have for us in life. So, Lord, for every heart that is in this place this morning, Lord, I just pray Lord, that there is that amazing, wonderful balance of the things that, that we are doing in our life, um, our daily routines, Lord, the plans and goals that we have um, balanced with the things that you have spoken over us, the promises that we have, the things that you are your will. Lord, I pray that is balanced for everyone in this place this morning. And Lord, for the the strength and the ability, Lord, to do the things um, that an open heart to you um, is willing to do. I say thank you for your goodness and your precious and wonderful name. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed today's message. Remember to check us out at baysidechurch.org.au. And of course, if you're ever in the area, please pop in and say good day.